we worship together. Amen, Joshua? Amen. Let's do this. Let's all make a vow this morning that all that we say and do is going to bring glory and honor to our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and shame is all I know, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Come on, sing this out, my fear. My fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame, shame no longer has a place. I am not captive to the light. Not afraid to leave my past behind. Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out the grave. Oh, there's resurrection power that can save. over fear and death, over the grave, amen? Yes, Take 
come along. I'm sure hoping that you can connect with this song the way we have. It's, it's just a cool song. That's all I can say about it. are never enough and you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied hearing your love oh there's nothing better
sacrifice that you made for us. You're our King of Kings. I pray we wake up every day and we realize what you've done for us, the sacrifice you made. We can't earn it. Our rights can't correct our wrongs, but only you and what your son has done for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Title today's sermon is The Gift That Keeps On Giving, and if you are a movie buff, you might recognize where that comes from. That is a, a funny line from a movie a movie in which there's the main character 
is, uh, works at a corporation. He's expecting a big Christmas bonus. Now you know where I'm going. I hear people laughing. He's expecting this big Christmas bonus, and he puts a down payment on a pool because he knows this bonus is coming, and then the bonus doesn't come, and it doesn't come, and it doesn't come, and then finally, right at the last minute, the delivery guy shows up and fell between his seat of his car, and he's sorry, and so the guy gets it. He calls all his family around, and he says, all right, we're going to open this, and I want you to know we're getting a pool. Down payment's already been made, and he opens the letter up, and it's not a check of any kind of money. It's a, subs- a one-year subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club, and he flips out after that, but the, the best part is his crazy cousin says, that's the gift that keeps on giving all year, right? That's the funny line from the movie, because new jelly every month, who wouldn't want that? We're talking about spiritual gifts. That's not the gift that keeps on giving all year. That's the gift that keeps on giving for life. And it's not something that has a one-year membership. We're talking about spiritual gifts. That's not something that has a one-year membership. There's no expiration. We can't retire from spiritual gifts. There's no quota that you achieve and you're done with spiritual gifts. As long as you're able to, God expects us to use those spiritual gifts. Now, back in March, pastor gave a, uh, a sermon on spiritual gifts uh, he called him, uh, let's see if this works, me and tech. Yeah, this is going real well. Okay. All right, there we go. He gave a sermon called Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts. That's back in March. He did a great job, and I don't just say that because I like to be the favorite around here. I say that because he did a good job. I'm really serious about that. Hunter, settle down. No, he did a great job, but he did say in that sermon, we're going to come back and we're going to talk in more detail about those gifts. And so that's what we're going to do today. And so if you haven't seen that sermon, go back and you can always get on our website and you can go down to the bottom, messages, and you can go right to Vimeo and you can see all the past messages you can, in case you need to catch up. In fact, as we go over these spiritual gifts today, uh, I'm using the, the basis for mine is from the Place Ministries, which is what we use for the serve assessments. If you've heard us talk about, if you want to serve, sign up for this assessment, get online to the website, sign up that you want to be involved and you get to take this assessment and we meet. And we go over this, and they, they have broke down. If you search spiritual gifts on the internet, you might find here are the seven, here are the 16, here's the 20. It's just there's little, little different places on that. But this, the company we're using, they, they're down to 16. One of those is prophecy. We're not going to talk about that because Pastor did such a great job talking about that recently. You can go see that on Vimeo also. I hope he's watching, by the way. <clears throat> but one of the quotes that he used that I think is important, that I want to summarize what what he talked about. Spiritual gifts are capacities, abilities imparted to Christians by the Holy Spirit to enable them to exceed the limitations of their finite humanity in order to serve other believers to the glory of God. This is from Sam Storms. He quoted him. Their capacities or abilities imparted to Christians, that means somebody who has asked Christ in their life, you've accepted Christ into your life, and then the Holy Spirit comes along and and enters our lives and we not only have the Holy Spirit with us but we also have these gifts that have come with it too and they exceed the limitations of our finite humanity it's like a little extra of these things because as you as you hear some of these gifts um, you're going to say I know people that are good at mercy and are good with helping people but they're not Christians you know I think there's something to this this finite humanity this exceed our limitations and as I really think that as Christians we should stand out not just because of our love for God but we should stand out because of our gifts people should see there's something different and I think our gifts that the Holy Spirit has imparted to us is part of that and the whole point is to bring glory to God so we're just gonna we're gonna skip through a couple scriptures and we're not gonna dig too deep into them we're just gonna read through some of these that have where some of these lists are we're gonna so we're going to go from we're going to go in 1 Corinthians, we're going to be in Romans, we're going to be in Ephesians. So 1 Corinthians 12, that's where pastor started. 1 Corinthians 12, it's not on the screen, sorry, you have to listen to me or flip it or swipe it. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in every way, it is the same God at work. 
Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by that one Spirit. To other, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one spirit, the same spirit. He distributes them to each, each one just as he determines. Notice the focus on the Holy Spirit there. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not you. We're the instrument that God uses, but it's the Holy Spirit is the key. And think about it. In the Old Testament, the prophets were the ones. Remember, Pastor talked about this. The prophets were the ones that had this special word from God. And the, what they said, it's, I think he quoted in Joel, it's coming where everybody is going to have this. And when the Holy Spirit descended there on the, on the apostles in Acts, it was different for everybody from that point on. It was like the, 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 the connection that the prophets in the Old Testament had, you have, we all have. And so imagine how, how that would stir up these early churches. And they were... They were curious. They didn't really know what that meant. They didn't really understand what that would look like, how they're used. And so they're being, in some of these churches, they're being misused. and some, they just don't understand them. And so it's so new. That's why you see Paul talk about it in Corinthians, in Romans, in Ephesians. And for the Corinthians, that maybe were using them incorrectly, they were just, it was a focus on the Holy Spirit. The key is the Holy Spirit. And this is your connection to God and that we need to keep our focus there because it's easy when you start doing these things to get to abuse them or this is about me now. No, this is about God. It's about the Holy Spirit. We're going to jump over to Romans 12 and read a few verses there. Talking to a different church now. Romans 12. We're going to read verses 3 through 8. There are other verses other than what we're even going to read here, too. Search the word gift, and if you do some background on the meaning of gift, you'll get more insight into this. Romans 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say, every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. That makes you think that they were getting a big head over the gifts that they were using. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy. Prophesy according, in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So there's two things that work here. There's the humble part, and then there's also the be happy with your gift. You know, maybe there was, a, hey, I'd rather have that gift, or I, I want that gift. No, there was, no, if the Holy Spirit has given us a gift, we should be, wow. This isn't Christmas at our house with the kids where they want to trade gifts, and I want that gift. No, I don't want my gift. Comparing gifts. It's not about that. It's about humbly recognizing that, God has chosen me to give me this gift or gifts, and I need to use them. I need to be a good steward of those gifts. We're going to look at one more in Ephesians chapter 4. Skipping all over today. This is to keep people awake. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at 11 through 13. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that they are, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and became mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The part in there I like, so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's really key. It's is understanding that with spiritual gifts, we've got to keep our focus on where we're going. What is the point? It's to bring glory to God and build up faith in others is really what we're going for. So what we want to do is we want to open some of these gifts up. Let's, we're going to break through some of these, and these are 
the study that they did, the company we used, they, they based this. They, we don't have time to get into the, to the original meanings of the words, uh, but that's where they base all these off of. Um, and so, first of all, we're going to talk about evangelism and faith. Evangelism and faith. So, evangelism is, is created. If you have a gift of evangelism, and I want you to, as, as we go through these, I want you to think about what a church would look like without these things. Okay. So, the gift of evangelism, if you have that, you create a desire in people to become a Christian. You're able to share how a person becomes a Christian. You, you like being around people who are not Christians, but you're not argumentative or uptight when someone is mean or mocking what you believe about God. Can you identify with that? Um, sometimes people are mean, argumentative, and really attacking Christians, and you're just kind of, you want to attack back. The, the person that has the gift of evangelism wouldn't want to attack back. They would see this is person's lost, and I need to get talk to them. I need to pray for them. So the person with the gift of evangelism um, would be in that role. But there's also here, we're going we're talking about faith next. You have the gift of faith. Believe God's promises and act with unwavering confidence in carrying out his will. May go against human logic, oftentimes does. You can see God do things that those of us who don't don't have the gift, will not see him do. So usually a person that has a gift of faith will see, will see God in the midst of things a little easier. Like sometimes we get caught up in the world, and then you read that verse that our that this this is about not it's about the spiritual forces. We're not against flesh and blood, but there are spiritual forces that work around us. The person with faith will recognize and maybe see those things a little easier, but also will be able to see have faith that God can do this. Have you ever been around somebody where you're just struggling and they're just like, God's got this. He can do this. And maybe they'll relate to a story in their lives and they just, you can see the confidence in their face that they know exactly what God can do. And you're like, yes, I believe that. That would be a person that has maybe the spiritual gift of faith. There's something we need to note here right in this section is the difference between a gift and a role. Spiritual gifts are obviously um, the extras that God imparts on us, but that doesn't mean it's not a role that we have. We are all called to, to be evangelists. We're all called to, to talk to our friends, to witness to others about Christ. And why wouldn't we? When we have the, when, remember that song we just sang? The king, glory to the king of kings. He's our king of kings. He died for us. People need to know that. And so we should be anxious to share that. And so it's not, I don't have that gift, so you guys do all the talking. No, it's not that. We all have these roles that go with us, and faith is at the, at the core of being a Christian. You have faith that the God that you maybe can't see, or the Jesus that isn't here with the hole in his hand, he did die for us, and that blood, and that's what he shed, will cover our sin. There's a faith there, and we all have to have a certain amount of faith, so you'll see as we go through some of these that, that maybe you don't have that gift, but you will be put in that role where you need to do that. You need to use those. Leadership and administration. These, these, these two are very, they're similar in their end goal, but their process is totally different. So see if one of these might sound right for you. In leadership, you provide direction and goals to bring together resources and people that work together to accomplish those goals. Vision, motivation, inspiration. You're very good at detailed steps. You can maybe do steps one, two, and three at a high level. You're very good at strategy. And so administration is a little different. Steer God's people into effective channels of service by understanding the resources needed to accomplish those goals of the leader. It's not about strategy, but it's about tactics that are needed to move forward. Like the, the leader will be good at steps. Okay, we need to do step one, two, and three in our church where the administrator would say, I can take step one and give you one A, one B, one C. And that's how we need to accomplish this. For instance, if, if somebody in leadership says, we need to make prayer a priority in our church, we need to do houses of prayer, uh, we need to do services of prayer, and we really need prayer to be a central focus of our church. Um, that would be the leader. The administrator would say, okay, we're going to have houses of prayer. I'm going to help. Here's how we're going to identify leaders for that. And here's what we're going to use to pray. Maybe we use this curriculum or we're going to use this guide. And the administrator would come in and take it and accomplish it and finish it off. Same end goal, but the process is, is quite different. Um, and so, could you imagine if we had a church with 
leaders and no, oh, that wasn't as great, of leaders and no administrators. Could you imagine if we, have you ever been in a church that has a lot of great ideas and nothing happens? I've seen that over the years. I've sat through a lot of meetings over the years ago where we just, there's some great stuff. And then a couple weeks later, we're like, boy, that was good stuff. I wish somebody would have done something about that. <laughs> so we need administrators. We need leaders that can identify the directions we need to go. Um, and, but we need also administrators to make it happen. Giving, a little more easy to understand. Giving possessions and finances above, above a tithe to God's work with a cheerful and willing spirit. A person with this gift will not usually think, well, I have some extra money, so I think we can, we can give a little. This person looks at their money as God's money, and, it, and their possessions as God's possessions, and is ready and will, ready and will give cheerfully as God leads them. They're excited to give and don't look at, look at it like a sacrifice. But sometimes they'll adjust even their lifestyles to give to others. Uh, I've seen this in action over the years. When I first came to this church, and that was a while ago, Hunter, don't. I get a lot of old jokes at work. I just pray for me during the week <clears throat> and so when I came here the sanctuary was in the fellowship hall with the goldenrod carpet and if you look at some of these pews they're goldenrod pews if you this first one if you peel it back you'll see the nice goldenrod pews some of you remember those and when I was here this was a cement slab I came here and well, that was a long time ago this was a cement slab and there was no walls here and then as soon as spring came the walls started going up and before you knew it, we had this. And then years later, there was a garage sitting over here where Route 28 starts. And that garage somehow got moved down there. That was quite a sight. And then Route 28 was built. And all of this was done, and our church has never been in debt. We've never borrowed money. The uh, Bible says you're slave to the lender. We've, as a church, have never been there. And I've heard so many people say, it's God's money. God wanted me to give. And and so many people give it anonymously. You don't have to be known as the person. I am the giver. You know, I have the gift. Uh, but we've had so many people that are just, just it's God's money. What do, you, what do you want me to do with it? And and because of that, we've been able to do this. And because of their faith in God, and, and that uh, they're not, you know, they're not so hooked on that money that they can't give anything away. It's just we need givers. That's true. So that's the spiritual gift of giving. And now we're going to look at three. Wisdom, knowledge, and teaching, these kind of are kind of, they work together, they're sometimes confused, sometimes people will clump them into one gift. If, you're a, if you have a spiritual gift of knowledge, you're able to acquire deep insight into God's word, bring illumination of these insights that cannot be explained by human reason. You explain things in depth, and you see the big picture of I mean, the Old Testament setting up the New Testament. You're, you really love how the Bible just all works together. If you need to sacrifice, the person with this gift, if they need to sacrifice depth or application, they will sacrifice the application side of it. They will not sacrifice the depth side of this. But the wisdom is different. Wisdom is practically understand and discern biblical truths and apply them. What they do know, they are passionate to help and help others apply. If they need to sacrifice depth or application, they'll choose to sacrifice the depth. Because people with wisdom are all about the application. Are we applying the things that we're learning? Are we doing these things? Are we putting them in place? Whereas knowledge, you're all about learning. I need more. I need to understand I'm digging deeper. And when you dig deeper in the word, you realize there's more to it. And then after that, there's more after that. And they're just rewarded by the depth of the Bible. Whereas wisdom is all about the application, making wise choices, taking the Bible and what we know, making sure we're making the right choices and we're applying that to our lives. Teaching is all about presentation. If you have the spiritual gift of teaching, you, you're able to communicate biblical truths in a manner through which others can learn and understand these biblical truths. And it's maybe you can take something really complex like the Holy Spirit and you can break it down where people can understand it. This one scares people because when people see, they, when they take the spiritual gift test and you see the gift of teaching come up and you just all of a sudden see 12 junior high boys in front of you and you're like, oh no, no. No, that might not be me. I could probably go back and retake that. I can identify which questions those were, answer different. No, that's teaching doesn't necessarily mean lights go off for us. Oh, teacher, teacher, let's plug them in. Hunter, Hunter, I found one. No, 
that's not how it goes. The person with the gift of teaching means you can take something hard to understand or something that's you can take the concept of 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 a, a Jesus dying on the cross and you can break that down and help somebody understand it that maybe has trouble understanding it. Or you can take the complexities, the Holy Spirit, and say, look, here's what this means. Okay, so that'd be something with the gift of teaching. Is really it's all about presentation where knowledge is all about depth, wisdom, application, teaching is about presentation. So don't be afraid if you're a teacher. I mean, we might plug you in, but, you know, it's not a, it's not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. <laughs> Exhortation or encouragement. Can you imagine a church without people with this spiritual gift? Encourage and console the distressed and provide positive and practical steps for others to follow. Persons with this gift will often strengthen others through the Bible or their experiences. Priority is on the spiritual welfare of the individual, and it's not based on human wisdom. You'll see a lot of counselors come out of this spiritual gift. Um, <clears throat> can you think of somebody like this? When you, when you need encouragement, when you're distressed, you need to go to them, and you need to talk to them, or they've been there for you in your life. Um, how important these people are that just are able to identify people that need encouragement, that need strength, and, have, and can rely on their life lessons and things that they've learned and their Bible knowledge to help you through that. Service and helps. These are also, this is another one that's often, these two are oftentimes confused with each other. If you have the gift of service, you can identify, assist, and support ministries within the body, therefore allowing those ministries to be effective to accomplish their desired results. Making the church successful, effective, and impactful is, is very important to this, to this gift. Not necessarily supporting the individual, but the church or the organization. So their focus on the service is really a support ministries. They want to make sure the body is progressing and that we're all achieving um, our goals. Whereas helps is about the individual. If you have a gift of helps, you help other members be more effective in using their gifts within the body. You need a leader or you become discouraged. Uh, you need somebody out there telling you the direction. Tell me the direction I need to go and how I can help. And you direct directed at supporting the leader so service and help service is all about the body and supporting ministries in the church where helps is about the individuals and using their gifts and following God and then we're going to move on to mercy <clears throat> someone with the gift of mercy we do not deserve God's love and forgiveness that he but he has shown us mercy think about that God have you ever just dwelled on that, that <laughs> the mercy that God has shown us people with the gift of mercy sense or feel the hurt of others and genuinely express sympathy and provide comfort for those for those people. They tend to be drawn to other sensitive people. Sometimes they are the prayer warriors in the church. They have a desperation for God. This one feels connected to faith to me. Um, they can usually tell if somebody's hurting when you're... It's, you can walk in on a Sunday morning and hide it, right? We can all walk in on a Sunday morning, put on a good face for an hour and a half. But sometimes the person with this gift will see through that especially if you know them and they'll be like you know there's something going on and they have a way of talking to you where they can say you know that they care about you and they can find you know they can really help you walk through that time but this is another one even if you don't have this gift god will put people in your path that need mercy and if you're following the holy spirit you'll be able to show others mercy just just a reminder that these are all gifts that we these are all things we'll have to use even if it's not our spiritual gift discernment if you have a spiritual gift of discernment, you can look beyond the words of others and see the heart and motives of others. It's easy to see this as a protection of negative circumstances, right? Not just being able to know with confidence of motives and vigils or teachings from God. Like, when I first seen this one years ago, you think they can see the heart and motives of others. That means they're going to come up to us and say, oh, no, they're up to something. You know, it's not, it could be that, but it's not just that. Because but this person will know this person will be able to know what things are from God. Have you ever wrestled with is this my idea? Is this God's idea? Is this something I came up with? You know, when we pray as a staff and we're looking at things in church and trying to come up with we're coming up with directions that we want to go, we always want to make sure it's not our ideas. This is from God. Um, someone with discernment is, is really able to determine those things. They know with confidence if motives, individuals, or teachings are from God. Um, but what they also can learn what's holding a person back from serving God. 
and following God? What's holding you back? What's a barrier? If you feel like you hit a wall as a Christian sometimes, someone with this gift will be able to tell and will be able to help you move through that. They can kind of see what's holding you back and they can help a person see their potential in themselves that maybe they can't even see. One that a lot of people are probably more familiar with is the gift of hospitality. These are the people that, that want others to feel welcome. They cheerfully provide an open house to those in need. When people are done talking to you, they feel loved and they feel cared for. You can make people feel at home whenever you're with them. Are you great at making people other, other people feel comfortable in a different environment or in your environment? You ever walked in somebody's house and just felt uncomfortable? You ever walked in somebody's house and just felt like it was home and it wasn't your home? You know, somebody with the gift of hospitality, you know, when we say that uh, these people might be having people over their house, they might be starting groups. They might be like, okay, I want a prayer group at my house. I want people over. I just want to have people in my house. I want to take care of them and care for them and have them here. That could be somebody with that gift. The pastor's shepherd spirit's gift is great at looking at the well-being of others in their care. They will guide, they will protect, and they will nurture and feed a, group, feed a group of believers into growing spiritually. This one's kind of easy to see. This is usually your, your leader of your church is usually one of these. Um, care for and guide. Just, I love the word. They put the word shepherd in there too. As you can see, a shepherd taking care of a flock of sheep. So I, what would our church look like, you think, without these gifts? Can you imagine a, a, a church without a pastor, without a shepherd, somebody who can guide and protect, protect our group? How about... Uh, what if we had uh, no leadership, nobody that can bring resources together to accomplish goals, can't give us a direction to go, no vision, no strategy, or no administrators, no one to, make, to implement that, to make, get us going? What if we had nobody that had the gift of evangelism or faith, no one for service or helps, no one here to encourage? Can you imagine that? But then the other side of that is... What would a church be like if everyone that was using those gifts, and you couldn't keep people out? People from all over would want to be a part of your church. They want to be here. There's something about that church. What is it? Everybody's using their gifts. I think that would be a huge thing for people in the world to see. Um, but I couldn't imagine being in a church. If we didn't have givers in the church, we, we wouldn't even be in this building. Uh, but people that had faith and gave, accord, that had the gift of giving, many people gave outside of that gift too. But um, I mean, every year we have, we send people to church camp, and we're working on that for this year. And every, you know, for years, I can't remember the last year, it's gone back so many years that, that someone in this church has said, you know what, I'm going to give, I'm going to pay half of every child in this church that goes to camp. And if you have a child and you've tried to send them to camp, you know that that total is big. And this, and I have had conversations with this person over the years, and they said, it's not my money, it's God's money, it's not a big deal. It's God's money, and this is how he wants me to use it, and that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, man, I just appreciate that so much. It's like, let's go. Um, but there's more to this. And this is why I, I, I hope that you do more than take a spiritual gift test, is because, think about it, if, if you get your spiritual gifts after you've accepted Christ into your life, then is, do we just forget all came before that? Do we forget that God knit us in our mother's womb? doesn't matter how you came about, but it, when you're in your mother's womb, God knit you there. He designed you. He created you. We're all different. Even the people I've known in my life that were twins are different. We're all different. There's no one out there that's just like you, and that's not a mistake. God wanted it to be that way. And so when we try to find, when we use this assessment, we're trying to find how God created you, the spiritual gifts he has added to you. But not only that, but also what about your life experiences, good or bad? The experiences you've had in life, God can use somewhere. Um, and we put all those together and we try to find where you would fit. Where can you best serve? And one thing I really love about where we're going in our church is that we're trying to break the mold of here's a need in our church. Who's willing to just stand there in that need? We want to move to not asking. Or we would love to just not 
say, hey, we need these people to help. We have these needs. We need people uh, to step up and maybe plow the parking lot. We need people to teach in some classes. We need people to welcome at the door. We would like to not do that because we would rather want a church that's trying to serve out of their gifts. Like, I have gifts and I need to serve. Here's what they are. And we just plug people in all over the place. There's, you know, we, we want to get away from any of you been in church. I've been in churches like this um, through my life where the people, the best, you know, that we try to find people not necessarily in their gifts. We just try to find willing. We just want willing people <laughs> willing to step in and fill this void. We don't want to do that. We want people to serve in your gifts. We want you to discover what your gifts are and say, this is where I need to serve. And I think what's exciting about that for me is I think we would find that there are ministries in the church that we don't even have yet. We would discover more, and that'd be great. Um, so my question is, <clears throat> imagine going to a church, again, where everyone there is serving in their spiritual gifts and they're using them. What would that look like? How would that be different for us? And I just challenge you to, to, to seek, really seek God and try to find your gifts where you're at. And if you want help along that way, then fill out our assessment. Let's get you, let's get you into that. It's, it's, there's great insight in that. There's great insight in praying. But God has gifted us as Christians. He's gifted each one of us. And what a great thing that is to know that God has chosen to gift us with something, with an ability or two that that we can use to serve him in our local church and then in, our, in the relationships with people around us. So I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful that you, you know, I sometimes can't even fathom that you took time to have a plan for me. And you sent your son to die for me, to take the place of my mistakes and my times I've been off track. And then I'm thankful that you have you need me. You chose to use me and all of us here. And you've gifted us so we can be set apart, so we can be the salt of the earth. We can be beyond normal abilities, Lord, that you really want to use us. And I pray for our church that we can be a church that's full of people using their spiritual gifts, that we're not just, it's not a task. We're excited about it to be able to use those gifts that you've given us. And I pray that we're able to take that to the next level and we're able to use those gifts here. And we might be known as a church that that is loving, is giving, cares about people, and that we're a group of people just using our gifts, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's with us everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.